do 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 that's the angle dude what that's the podcast what's up fam welcome back to that's the angle hosted by me bruce allen and before we get into this i want to say happy new year happy 2020 hope you're planning to crush it like we are here at that's the angle because we have so much amazing content interviews coming and i'm so excited so please if you can show love in any way you can because it means a lot i make no money off of this i uh, don't have any sponsors but it would be nice if you had some hint hint uh <laughs> so a rating or a review or a like and subscribe or anything on youtube helps as well because you can also watch these on youtube but anyways let's get into this interview with julian thomas a really epic photographer uh and i think you're just going to enjoy this conversation anyone can enjoy this it's not just for photographers enjoy that's that's a heavy it's a heavy intake right there well, you know, this isn't like a coffee shop cold brew. This is kind of like weak sauce cold brew. Okay. It's it almost tastes like Yoohoo, to be completely honest. <laughs> okay. But yeah, cold brew at six at five o'clock is like a nightmare for me. Oh really? Oh, why's that? My just caffeine intake is very low. Oh shit. I have like one cup of cup one cup of coffee in the morning, and then uh, there's caffeine in my pre workout, and then that's it. Anything other than anything more than that, like. Unless I'm intentionally pulling an all-nighter, it's just not going to work out. Dude, pre-workout serious shit. I mean, some of them, but mine's not that serious. Does it give you the face tingles? No. What? No. Dude, I literally What do you use? Take, it's called Vega. Oh, I never heard of that. It's, it's all like vegetarian-based and plant-based. And I literally only take it because if I don't, the blood that like accumulates in my left shoulder will like prohibit the rest of my workout. It happens, Whoa. It happens almost every time. I never heard of that. I think everybody has some sort of, you know, when you're working out, it's all about your blood and the blood the flow. reason you feel, they call it the pump. The reason your the muscles, pump's the best. The, the reason you, your muscles get big is because there's blood in there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you know, like then that becomes more of an issue. Dude, the, the pump is like half the reason you work out. Oh yeah. Yes. But I think I'm out. No worries, uh, man. I no. mean, yeah, I guess like if you're going for hypertrophy, then which is like muscle growth and you know, ripping the muscle, then yeah, you chase the pump, but there's more to it. It's yeah. not it's not all about just getting super swole. I did that earlier this year. And you got super swole? I mean, relative to my frame and I look I look at those photos now and I look like a balloon. Like I was like <laughs> couldn't barely fit in my suit. My girlfriend and I went to a wedding, I just look big. You're just like you're like, I, I do not need to be that swole. Yeah, I was kinda like, What like what am I doing? Like at first, it was just to prove it to myself that I could get, you know, man curves, as I call them. I mean, I, I think and at then, some point, dude, you got to, like, prove it to yourself. It was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I'll do that. Like, my girlfriend got me into the, uh, like, eating clean and, like, going to the gym. And she convinced me to get a gym. That's a great girl sure. right there. She's pretty amazing. That's amazing, to be dude. Honest. Yeah, she's she, like, She's like, I want you to live longer. Well, she, she was like, I'm just, she's like, I'm going to the gym. I want to go check it out. You should come with me. I was like, okay. And I went to the gym. Shout out to Vita. It's not like any other gym I've ever seen. Most gyms are like high ceilings, bright lights, and you feel like a lab rat. Vita is like going to the nightclub. The, ce the ceilings are low for the most part. And they've got like purple, red, ne blue neon lights in the corners. And like, what? It's, yeah, it's a vibe. Dude, honestly, I'm, but the thing about Vita, it's basically like a gay bar, isn't it? It, it really is. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like the people, one thing I've heard joke about, about it. it. People joke about it, but it's really true. Like, <laughs> for every guy, you see, like, nine out of ten guys are gay. Yeah. And, like, it's fine. Like, you know, you know, some of them, they'll talk to you or whatever, and I'll talk back. Like, it doesn't I got, matter. I got gay matter. friends, but yeah. it's just like, like, I hope maybe my girlfriend doesn't hear this, but a girl, like, 
winked at me once and i was like fuck thank god like at least she knows i'm not gay like she probably i just like she probably just assumes i'm gay but you're like you're like I, maybe i come off a, like, in this pool of gaities like at least i look and like tell them straight oh thank fucking well god. i definitely don't walk like a gay person so there's that and you know in my corner but there is like a certain swag that like someone has when they've taken a dick in the ass you know it's like oh, there's like god. a there's like, <laughs> you're like damn it why is he starting the podcast off like this? straight like that <laughs> no i'm just joking <laughs> Oh shit, man! Yeah, I'm just I'm just swallowing up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Angle. I'm here with Julian Thomas. Yo, yo. What's up, man? I feel like there should be like a clapping track or something right there. I'll take it or the the uh, Funk Master Flex, the the explosion. <laughs> yeah, there we Funk go. Master, <laughs> Funk Master Flex time. Julian Thomas in the flesh. Yeah, dude, it's good to have you here, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, dude. Of course. I mean, you're literally in the same building, so it's even better. Yeah, yeah. How about that? 2019 has been a tremendous year. Why so? Uh, a lot, mostly because of the studio. I mean, I've been working my face off, but the studio is a blessing. Shout out to Jared for hooking that up. Did you just move in this year, 2019? Uh, I did, yeah, in uh, January. Jared had a space on the third floor, a smaller space on the third floor, mm-hmm. and um, he invited me to come use it, and I did, and I used it a couple of times, and then he was like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about you know, getting a bigger space, same building, and... I've always, always, always wanted to be in this building since like I take it, started taking photos like four years ago. I came to an event here and I was like, oh man, this building is everything. And yeah, ever since then, I just wanted to be in this building. And then Jared had the courage to expand his space and get a bigger space on the second floor and he included me. And that was the start of 2019. And that kind of that's a good way to start the year right there. Yeah, like studio space, sharing it with the homies. Dude, getting a space a with friends miles. feels so good. Yeah, dude. And it's like, it's literally 1.9 miles from my house. And <sighs> nice. it's, you know, it's like, it's great. <laughs> I, I mean, as a photographer, like, getting your first studio space is like such a good feeling. Like it feels like such a level up. Uh-huh. Then you realize that you have a studio and they go, shit, I got to pay rent on this thing. And I have to like, yeah, make it work for me. Yeah. Well, you know? that's part of the reason that we split it up. There's like. Sean, shout out Sean Cooper. He's on, he's on, uh, he's on tour with our, um, our Linux, but there's five of us that share the space. So it's, it's smart. Though. It's not like, I think a lot of people do that in this, a lot of photographers do that in this building. Um, so that we don't have the situation where it's like, Oh shit. Like I gotta, I gotta, make I didn't it. know there was five of you. For some reason I thought that it was just you. Oh gosh. No, no. That's crazy. Uh, nah, it's me, Jarrett, Luda, Mike and, um, Sean. But dude, there's something to be said about this building right now. Like, I think yeah, this building man. right now is like, a mo- <laughs> is like a moment in time that no one's thinking about. Yeah. And like, as someone who thinks about these things, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, there's some magic here. And like, mm-hmm. I'm loosely here. Like, I'm here all the time. I'll, I'm here like every Wednesday. But like, you guys like practically live here. You work out of mm-hmm. here and stuff. Like, there's like a certain buzz and like creative energy that's coming out of this, like mm-hmm. this building that... I think will be important for the future looking back. For sure. Like, they're going to be like, yo, what happened at 52 O Street that now, like, everyone who was in there is now running shit? Like, yeah, it's going to be like, you've heard about, like, the, um, when Outcast used to call their basement the dungeon, and they used to, they recorded their first album in the dungeon, and now out, out from the dungeon became all these, like, producers and rappers and, like, all these icons for hip hop culture. And, I kind of saw this building as a gym years ago. Like I said, like three years ago, I was like, man, Damn. I'm going to get in there. And just so happened, like early this year, I got in and then Jerry got in and then Dio got in. And I was like, oh, 
it's about to be a year. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's about to be a year. I, I, was, I was actually trying to get in earlier this year because I was moving out of my studio in Tacoma. I was at DC Art Studios. Yeah. But those studios can't compare to these studios. The studios yeah. have high ceilings. They yeah. have windows. It's brick. It gets bigger. It's like, it feels like a professional studio you'd yeah. get in New York. Yeah. Like when every time I have a client come in, they're like, oh, I love this space. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah, your space is, a, you have a corner space too. Yeah. When I was yeah. here for the open studios, I was like, damn, this space is nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's such a good look when clients walk into your your studio and you're yeah. like, "Yeah, what's up?" Yeah, like, like this is this is a, this is the spot. We call it the cave, but yeah, this is the spot because yeah, so, it's like all the way in the back, and we got the nice uh, natural light with the windows and the rooftop, and it's it, like it's like the early, it's like the '80s and '90s in New York when like Keith Haring and Jean Michel Basquiat and like. All, all these big artists came out of New York, and then right after them, you had like the street art movement with like Shepard Ferry mm-hmm. and uh, like Cause and all those guys. Mm-hmm. It's like for DC, it's it's like kind of this, that right now. I feel like this is that chapter for DC where people like there's been, don't get me wrong, there's been many creators and many creatives that came before us, many, 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 many of them. But right now, DC is growing at a rate that which like people are starting to look at dc for certain opportunities or you know even the food culture here makes all of us creatives look better because when people say oh washington dc is the foodie city of the country like i agree dude that's like that's a big statement for and then they're like oh well what else is going on in washington dc and then you like start looking and it's like oh wow they got some heavy hitters like not me but like kelly tolls and like like i can't wait to get him on the show kelly tolls is fucking legend he's like He's like an OG, if you ask me. Yeah, he is an OG. Yeah. Straight up, he's an OG. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm so glad you said that about, he came up my podcast earlier, too. Uh, I've always thought that, too, that DC was, I think, food built DC. Like, the food scene is what's kind of revitalized it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't really, like, pay attention that much. But I did see a headline today that said, Washington, DC is the foodie town of America. And I was like, okay. Did you grow up in the area? I grew up in, uh, I was born in Florida, Pensacola, Florida. My dad was in the Navy for 27 years, so we moved a lot. I grew up in Northern Virginia, which is a combination of Manassas, Fairfax, and Alexandria. So oh, I, I graduated high school from Alexandria, Edison High School. No way. I grew up in Woodbridge. Oh, I graduated wow. from Woodbridge High School. There you go. Yeah. In that small world, Nova yeah. kids. Yeah. I uh, When I was in elementary school, I was in Fairfax. And my sister graduated from Fairfax High School. And then I went to, uh, we moved to Manassas. I went to Stonewall High School. Mm -hmm. And then I moved in with my dad and graduated from Edison High School. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. And ever since then, I kind of just like, my dad used to work at the Pentagon. So I just kind of had like a love for D.C. And I remember after high school, all my friends were like obsessed with New York or whatever or Atlanta. And I was just kind of like, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. See if I can get it popping here. And, uh. It's working so far. <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel like you have it popping. I mean, like, I remember, like, you said you've been doing it for, like, what, four years professionally or something like that? Uh, I bought my first camera summer of 2015. And then I, I very quickly got, like, obsessed with it. And the summer of 2016, I quit my job. So Damn. damn. And that's when you, you, like, you had, like, a client base and everything like that. Yeah. I did, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I think that says a lot because looking at your work, it's so mature. But like 
from my perspective, as someone who came in the game maybe like two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. like professionally, mm-hmm. you were one of the people that I would look at and be like, damn, like this guy's killing it. <laughs> and, it's, and it kind of fucks with know that you started like a year or two before that. Yeah. But like, you know, you've grown that much. So it's like, it's so cool. Like finally have you here. Cause I, I'd look at your shit like, damn, that guy is tapped in. I was like, fuck. I was like, that guy is like, yeah, thanks like, for saying that. Yeah, you know, no, seriously, like, like you got to big up people when you can, and, and like, I, I look at you, and then like Anna Meyer, mm-hmm. and like some other photographers, and I'm like, you know, like when I look at photographers killing the game, I was like, those two seem to be just like really doing something like interesting here. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I was just super fortunate early on to have like some product photography clients. So I was working with an agency up in Rockville, mm. and they it was all product photography focused, and um, they would literally send me. There was a, a jewelry client in New York, and they would and the jewelry client would send a box of jewelry straight from New York to my house, and I would photograph the jewelry in my basement. I mean, in my bedroom, um, I had like a little light box and a ring light and tripod, and I just would shoot it in my bedroom. In my bedroom, and I just did that for seasons on seasons, just earrings and bangles and pendants and necklaces were you doing it on just like flat white or were you like making sets and stuff it was like foam core i I had like one two i had three pieces of foam core just maybe four if i had to control the reflections and later they started to trust me they were like okay cool like clearly you can do the product stuff can you do like a website banner for us or can you do email like you know like a still life Mm. i didn't know the terms back then but that's what they were asking me for and i was like I mean, okay, and I would just kind of Google what other what are the other jewelry brands doing, and then I would do, and then I would try to do my version of that, and then that served as just that created the portfolio as far as commercial work goes. Super interesting that you were linked up with an agency in the beginning. Like, I feel like that's like a move that you get to later on. Like, that it's interesting that you had that connect so soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about relationships. Like, people call it networking, but I'm like, these are my friends. Like, <laughs> like these are actually my friends. You know, it's not just. A relationship where they feed me work like nah we eat we break bread together we you know like we're actually friends so when the opportunity presents itself they can confidently be like yeah julian boom and then you you know you create a portfolio and i'm very much um synopsizing my experience but yeah of course yeah there was a lot more to it than that but i mean <laughs> that was one of like when i look back like those product photography photos in my bedroom that i hated after like at first it was cool and then i hated it after a while but it definitely served its purpose, and it served me very well as well. So you said you got your camera, your, like your first camera four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get it and kind of know immediately, like, this is it? Nah, I did not. So um, how I got into photography was my best friend at the time, maybe he's still one of my good friends, Robert. He was into photography. He was uh, studying architecture at UVA. Mm. I went over his house one day to, like, I think we were playing Madden or something. And um, he had a photo of his on the wall that he took, and it was printed on canvas, and it was long exposure. I had never seen long exposure before. And I was like, man, what's that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I took that with my camera, blah, blah, blah. And I think he could tell I was super into it. So he's like, let's go shoot. And I was like, okay, we go shoot on the National Mall. And I quickly, my iPhone, whatever, at the time, couldn't (laughs) keep up with his. He had a Sony something. And I think it was a Sony 5100. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get a camera. So I started to um, use my mom's camera. She had a Fuji something. And I remember it had a built-in filter that just looked so cool. Like, you could, like, 
it was basically like split toning and tone curving built in the camera. Like That's it's kind of like tight, a, actually. It was super tight. Weird I effects was like, like that are so fun. I was blown away, and it was like a, it was like built into the JPEG. So I really thought I was doing something. <laughs> and then Robert was like, "Ah, hey, you seem to like be into it. Let's go this thing called Street Me DC." And I was like, "Ah, uh, okay." And that was the first time I had ever seen community. I had ever seen like directly from the heart creative expression and community like i i'd never stuff like that on instagram wasn't really a thing yet so i mean yeah three four years ago when first street me i didn't even know it was existing it was like their first 10 it had to be, have been one of their first 10 meets i think it like they're they weren't big you know there was a good amount of there was like 30 50 people there but it it just wasn't so known yet so that changed my perspective on photography then i started to, and i remember how some of those photographers were executing their vision and i was just like oh my this is amazing like yeah you go and you see everyone interacting and being all friendly and talking yeah. about like, you can finally talk about photography with someone and you have people yeah. modeling and everyone's just being super creative like building off ideas and super open to everyone exactly and i was at like a low point in my life at that time so i really needed some community or some mm-hmm. creative expression like that and um then i started taking photos on my own and um it was like i don't know somewhere after i somewhere later that summer i, I bought the sony a6000 and i got paid to photograph um a Halloween party for a real estate group. It was like a meet and greet networking thing. And he was like, Hey man, can you come take photos? So-and-so said, you're pretty good. Um, <laughs> can you come take photos? He's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And I was like, Oh, like looking back, I totally got ripped off. It was oh like yeah. A, that should have been like a $400 shoe or it, more dude, than that. No, like. It should have been more than that. It was like a three or four hour party. Oof. I had to sign people in as they walked in. So you oh, walk shit. in and I'm like, hey, can, I, more? can I get your email address and your name so that like whatever. And I was like, what? I was so hungry and so just yeah. happy to be there that I didn't care. And he, they literally never paid me. <laughs> they never paid me. And I, I'll never forget like taking a couple of photos and I was like, my friend that suggested me, I was like, oh, look, look, I got this shot, right? I was like, it's pretty cool. And he looks at it, and he kind of squints, and he goes, I'll never forget this. He goes, what's your ISO? And I was like, I don't know. And I looked down. He goes, 25,000? <laughs> and I was like, That's oh. why you didn't get paid. I was like, I was like, oh, is that bad? And he was like, bruh. <laughs> He's like, you got to fix that. Use your flash or something. So, yeah, maybe that's why I never got paid. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they've got these bitmapped photos because yeah. the, the ISO is so freaking crazy. It was embarrassing, but whatever, life goes on. And then, um, so that was a big one when I was like, oh, I could get paid for, to take photos. And then Exposed DC had their event, and I was like, oh, God, there's like galleries and people curating and magazines. Exposed DC, well, that's... Mm-hmm. That's a, it's like a, it's like a local photo contest, photo community. Okay, yeah, I know what that annual is. gallery. Um, I went to their 10th anniversary at the Carnegie Library way before it became the Apple Store. And I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. Like, they had they had um, catalogs printed and they had people were dressed up. And it was a it was a thing, you know? And I was like, this is am-. Like, Leica was there as a, as a vendor and it was, like, amazing. It seems like you really kind of got, like, a taste for, like, a sense of community all of a sudden. Like, you found something that you thought was really interesting and then mm-hmm. you, like, found other passionate people around you. Like, oh, well, like, this is, like, really cool. And you just yeah. writing this sort of hunger moment but real quick when you said it was because of street meat 
I just had like a full circle moment because I had Pierre on the show from Street Meat, mm-hmm. and I've been on their host Wayne Pierre's Drink Meat podcast. They got mm-hmm. me fucked up. Mm-hmm. We, all, we were talking I'm reckless. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just so crazy. Like like to think to like talk to those guys and to see that they've spawned careers. Like like they've encouraged people to like have careers and like oh a thousand. It's, it's just so it's, it's so cr- it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, the Street Me DC of August 2015 changed my life. Like wow. It changed my, no, I shouldn't say changed my life. Photography changed my life. But that, absolute, that me absolutely had a huge contribution into what my life was becoming big time. I remember that was the first day I met Chuck. And I was like, whoa, that's Chuck. You know, he's like, like, a, like a local celebrity to me because his creative eye was just so superior. And I had never seen anything like that. But um, but yeah, so Streamy DC and then Exposed DC and then I started shooting. I worked. I was working at the Nike store and I started shooting like stuff there. And then I got yeah. the, I got the Nike gift card and I was like, all right, something something's up. Like this is not your average experience with a camera. Maybe I should like you know put more attention to it. And um, it was different back then. That was back when people would meet up in the middle of the night and just go shoot and you know like urban exploration was big back then oh yeah like high shots from top of buildings was like a total vibe yeah like um climbing buildings like uh rooftoping or you know going into bandos like that was what was that was it back then and we were young and you know reckless and just having a great time and making new friends and it was a wonderful time in my life. The summer of 2016, it was, it's going to be tough to beat that summer. Yeah, there's something interesting about the feeling of when you first kind of settle on you really, on like the feeling of loving photography, that you're so inhibitionless mm-hmm. and you're just so ready to like just try anything and to, and mm-hmm. to go into bandos and like mm-hmm. get, maybe get stabbed by a heroin needle, who knows, and just mm-hmm. like try really crazy things because yeah. now where I'm at, and I don't know where you're at, like, I, there's no fucking way I would do that now. Well, I don't have health insurance anymore, so there's no way I'm doing <laughs> that. <laughs> no, never that. I'm not climbing any fences. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, you man. You meet me at the studio. <laughs> yeah. Just, just come to the show to the spot. Nah. Got air conditioning and water bottles, and yeah, we're good. Yeah, it's cold out now. I ain't doing yeah. that. Nah, I'm not doing that no more. Dang. So, so, so at what point, like, so you built the clients, and then you were just like, yeah. all right, peace, peace out. Nice yeah, so I was... <laughs> I was working uh, at Hot Topic and I was a manager mm-hmm. and I was like making like, okay, money, you know, as much money as an assistant manager could possibly make. But I was cool, you know, I was, I was doing it. And as my, as my uh, photography, I started to get better. And then one of my friends, um, shout out Omar, uh, Omar Swanson, he started his photography company where he was, um, he was, he photographs cars. So like, interesting. when you go on carmax.com and you look up that like BMW 3 Series, whatever, and you know you have, uh, you have those like 30, 30 photos mm-hmm. that you see, that he takes those photos, like his company takes those photos. I'm like, I wanna kill myself. And then his business started to grow and then he needed help. So then he asked me to help him. Oh, damn. And I was like, okay. So I was working Hot Topic, and then I would go help him when I was, you know, not at Hot Topic. And watching him walk into um, Bethesda Rosenthal Toyota, open up the, 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 um, the safe and have every key to every car that on, is on the next six lots. That's kind of tight. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, photography can take you places, you know? Like... And I, I helped him for a little bit, and 
I kind of like stepped off and I didn't know how to explain it to him at the time. But I was like, yo, what I was feeling was I was like, I can't sit back and watch you fulfill your dream and me not do mine mm. you know i was like it's not I, I, like That's i never so i couldn't articulate it to him at the time i was like it has nothing to do with you but like you've inspired me to go do my thing so now i gotta go do my thing yeah and then um i went on like this you know, uh family vacation uh that summer and i came home and i was like all right, that's it. I'm I'm quitting. I'm just gonna be a photographer. Just like that? Yeah. My, my dad was like, "You're gonna do what? Like you you just started taking pictures." I was like, "Yeah, I know, but I got this watch." And he was like, "All right, bro, don't ask me for no money." And yeah, I quit. And I remember my my district manager of Hot Topic. Shout out to Hot Topic. They were very supportive. He said, um, "So what's going on, man? You know, you you don't seem very interested in, in the work anymore. Your numbers are going down." And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, honestly, I'm over it." And he was like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to be a photographer." He's like, "Show me your work." And I showed him, and he was like, "Hmm, oh, okay." <laughs> He's like, "I I could see that." <laughs> and I was like, "Real?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, if you want to go, you can go." And I was like, "I just want to be clear. Am I getting fired?" He's like, "No, you're resigning." And I was like, "On good terms?" Or like, he's like, "No, nah, we're good. We're 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 solid. Just write me a letter, and you're good to go." But that wasn't like a this is shit work. He was like, "Oh, this is good." Yeah, no, he was like, okay, I, see. I, I thought I thought that's what he was saying. Like, no, he no, was no, like, he was no. like, ooh, ah, oh, yeah. Ooh. No, he was very much like, I see, I see what you're like, where you're going with this. I could, okay, you know, because I, I don't know, like, I guess he saw in my portraits or whatever I was shooting at the time that I was serious about it. And he knew the vibes. Yeah, you know, you catch a vibe, and um, so he was like, yeah, you can leave, and I was like, okay, when? And he's like, well, it's up to you. He's like, you can leave in a month, you can leave in two weeks. He's like, or you can leave right now. He's like, but you got to decide right now. And I was like. Ah, okay. Well, if I leave now, who's going to finish my shift? And he's like, I will. And I was like, mm, okay. And I knew there was a party that night. There was a party that night. And I knew if I was able to attend that party, my journey would really, like, it would begin, right? So the host of that party was Scout, Scout Bags. They have mm. a, um, a cancer fundraising party every year at the owner's home. Yeah. And I just knew I was like I have to be at that party. You just kind of had that feeling. But I can't I can't work today and go to the party. I have to I had to pick. Oh shit. It's like a movie moment. So I quit. And I was like I'm going to leave right now. And he was like, "All right, dude, do your thing." And I left. And I I remember I went over to to Jerry. Jerry lived across the street at the time. And I was like super emotional, just like all worked up. And he's like, "You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine." Whatever. I go to the party. And then um <laughs> like I think it was like a year and a half later. Yeah, that company became my biggest client. Damn! Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, hey, I knew I could do it, <laughs> bro. You had like the vision, like there. You like, yeah. like it was like that split for that fork in the road, and you're like, I know this is it. And it's 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 it, you know that vision comes to me at different times in my life, and it's so hard to explain. Like my girlfriend's getting better at it. She's like, "Oh, this is one of those times where you can't really make make it make sense to me, but we just gotta trust it." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, you just gotta trust it. Like, let's just go for it." And she's like, "All right," <laughs> and it, you know, it works. But yeah, yeah, that came full circle. That's really cool. That's that's a re- so. So what happened? You went you went to the scout bag house and you were like, "Hi, I just quit my job. Do you have one?" Like, like no, not just- at all. I just was like being very much myself. Like I was just cool in it. You know, I wasn't projecting my ambitions on anyone mm-hmm. i was just chilling i was just being myself and it was like a year a year later their photographer stepped off and was like gonna go do their own thing or whatever and i just kind of like threw my name in the hat and they called me up and i was like damn yeah yeah and it, it, it worked and then 
it's crazy how moments in life work out like that right like that that, yeah. that like like looking back on all that like that seems so insane like that like because of that you were able to like successfully quit your job and then do it for scout bags i had i had other clients i didn't get the scout thing until a year later oh shit oh because you already you were doing the jewelry stuff i guess yeah yeah and i had other like i was working with the opera company at the time i had like the the one-offs you Mm -hmm. know like the pull up for photograph this event or a wedding or mm. I had little things, but it was never like consistent. It was never, I was never comfortable saying I was a professional photographer or that I was commercial or when my aunt like asked me, so what are you doing these days? Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking photos. Like, Oh, you're a photographer. And I like swell up. Cause it used to give me so much anxiety to be like, yeah, I'm a photographer, but it's a weird thing to explain to people who don't get it. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. So you just take photos? Mm-hmm. Like, you just like take photos. I don't get it. Even like till this day, people our age still like don't understand. And they're like, so what else do you do? And I'm like, video. And they're like, oh, you make a living off the camera? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yes, I make a living I, yeah, from I, looking through a viewfinder. My yeah, guy. yeah. Like, I, I really do, you know? And it's, uh, throws people off but i mean people get paid to to move their hand and create drawings like people mm-hmm. like people get paid to to exercise and mm-hmm. like and to throw a ball into a hoop like how why would it make yeah. no any less less sense to take photos yeah i think it's because dc is such a conservative city that they just don't think jobs like that exist but that's so true like all those attorneys or representatives they need headshots someone's got to take the headshot bro trust me man i'm in the dating scene you got a girlfriend but i'm a single man <laughs> And when I tell girls I'm a photographer, it goes one of two ways. They're either like, oh, that's so cool. I can't believe you're able to do that full time. Or they're like, oh, <laughs> like, mm, yeah. I'm like, you're below me. Ooh, yeah. I'm an attorney, bitch. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dang, I hate you already. I'm like, I was, uh, I was driving home. My girlfriend and I were driving home on uh, Friday or Friday, Saturday, Saturday night. And I told her, I looked up, I was like, I always wanted a girl like you, and she, <laughs> and she was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "You're you were so out of my league, dude, and you like you gave me the, a chance, and like look at us now we live together." And she was she thought that was adorable, but I really meant it. I was like, "You were so out of my league." That is a great moment. I, I, w- I wish I could have that feeling, man. I'm so jealous, bro. You just, I, yeah, I swear. I, like I tell people that. How'd you get it? How'd you bag her? Can you come that real quick? Since dude, you I was time? honestly on my own journey, falling back into love with myself. And mm-hmm. if I'm being completely honest, I truly believe the energy of me loving myself kind of like gravitated her to me. Because oh. she was going on her own journey of self-love and, you know, becoming, we're all becoming ourselves. But, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, she just, uh, I was out taking photos with Pierre and some other guys. And this is back when Mr. Brainwash Heartwall was the biggest thing in D.C. to take photos of. and Back before uh, Exit of the Gift Shop came out? Uh, back before what? Uh, is that Banksy? Wait, you never seen Exit of the Gift Shop? No. Whoa, you don't is know that, about Mr. Brainwash? You don't know the background behind Mr. Brainwash? Yeah, and Banksy. But do you know I, the whole story? Like the documentary. Yeah. And it's like, and it's he's like, like he, a shit documentary, but it's like super meaningful. No, but it, like Mr. Brainwash, like he's essentially like a fake. Oh, no. Yeah, dude, okay, you didn't, you didn't watch the documentary. So the documentary. I was thinking of a different one. I must think of a Banksy documentary. Wait, no, no, it is. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is a Banksy documentary. Okay. But in the documentary, Mr. Brainwash, for some reason, befriends the best trade and he gets to Banksy, right? But then he meets Banksy and he sees how it's all done. And then so he starts thinking, um, he, he starts thinking, 
I can do this myself because he he saw exactly oh, yeah. how all the greats did it. Yeah. So he built this fake like he just created this Mr. Brainwash person and and like created this enormous exhibition and sold everything and made tons of money. I, I have seen that. And then at the end, Banksy was like, "I'm never telling someone to do art again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I have seen that. Okay, but the heart wall though, the heart wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at the heart wall and uh, there's like six dudes taking pictures of this rainbow colored heart wall, and I remember I like one of our friend AJ was in town from Houston and I was like, dude, we need a model. Like we look like rejects just taking pictures of heart wall. And so this like blonde girl walks by and I look and I was like, Ooh, she's cute. And, but I'm not the dude that's like, Hey, yo girl, let me get your number. Like that's just not my style. So she walks by and she was on the way to the coffee shop. It was Easter Sunday of uh, 2017. And she, so she walks by and luckily someone had driven their car into the front door of the coffee shop. So needless to say, the coffee shop was closed. Whoa. It was also Easter Sunday. So it probably was closed anyways. Right. So then she walks back to her car and I was like, AJ, you should ask her to model. And so she's like, what? Like, you want me to do what? She's like, yeah, you don't really have to do anything. Just kind of stand there and, you know, whatever. So. I took a photo of her and now I have a reason to talk to her. And I was like, Hey, I took this photo. What's your Instagram? Follow mm. her on Instagram. Sent the photo in the DMs. I was like, Hey, here's all the, like, here's the photo. Thanks for posing, whatever. And I was like, Oh, here, by the way, here's my number. Should you decide to use it's it? Great. She texted me the next day and we've been talking ever since. Damn. Yeah, pretty dope. That's fate. That guy drew, he drove his car into the coffee shop for love, baby. Basically. Whoa. Anima at the heart wall. Yeah. I never put that together. Whoa. Yeah. A fucking story it is man and i love that it's like true and it's not tinder <laughs> <laughs> no i mean no shade of tinder or bumble but but way more respect on that one yeah you, like you get way like, more respect i never get tired of telling that story wait wait but were you the one who asked her to take photos though no no ah, that's okay whatever it no. still worked out aj i was like aj you should ask her and aj did so when did you get into shooting people because your portraits oh, i feel like man. are very defining like thing about your style yeah thank you um i don't know I don't know, because I used to be super, like, I've always liked portraits, mm -hmm. but I was always super nervous to, like, ask someone, kind of take mm -hmm. your photo or whatever. So I I feel like I've been doing it for a while, but not n with near as much intention as I do it now. But it was always a part of the work. But, yeah, I don't know. Don't mind me if I, my, my bud, my friend, he has to hit me up, so I, like, okay, don't, don't, don't worry, I am. Not distracted by anything. I feel like when people see me look at other things or look at my phone, they're like, he's not listening. But no, I'm really listening. Yeah, you're good, man. No, like, because a portrait is like an intimate moment with someone. Like it, it, it's, can, it can be. And, yeah. and if you're not, and if you're, and if that makes you shy, like having to like this eye contact and trying to capture them and like, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't tried it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes me shy. I still get nervous. Uh, I go. I call it the preheating process in any session in the first like twenty to thirty minutes when I you don't get a great photo and you start to doubt your abilities and you you suck and like you know, oh you just, I know the concept just, starts sucking and yeah, shit you should just tell the client to go home because you're wasting their time and blah, blah 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 and it never fails like in the thirtieth or fortieth minute you get a banger and it's like okay I still know how to do this like we're good let's keep going dude that's so true like we're because in a way, we're all, we're all human. And when you're unfamiliar with someone, you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and I don't care who you are. I mean, of course, you're like a professional model. Then it's a little different, right? Mm -hmm. But like for the most part, like 
it, it, there's still this sort of like adapting process to someone like feeling them out. Yeah. Can I be myself? Can I express myself? And like, sure. it's like that first 20, 30 minutes. And then finally it's like, you kind of hit this nice spot where maybe you change up the concept and it's like making sense. The lighting's finally hitting right. Mm-hmm. And like they're hitting the poses and they're like, Oh yeah. Which yeah. is also why I say never shoot the best look first. You always shoot the shittiest look first. Okay. It's like, the, that's my strategy. I'm, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like my warm up. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's and you know you always got they're like looking back at you and telling them they're doing good is such a thing. You know you have to talk to them because they're human. They're not a banana, so you have to speak to them. Mm-hmm. And um, where do you normally tell people like when you're like taking like a portrait of them or like? Something? I'm not gonna lie to you. If it, like people, some some photographers are like that's great, that's great. I'm not gonna tell you it's great if it's not great. Usually I'm like, oh yeah, love that. Can you move your knee to the left a little bit? Um, or like just ever so slightly, just your chin up, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I just like little tiny direction, and um, I try to like keep my voice, like I try to speak to them, keep my voice like low, and a lot of photographers don't do it, but I'll show them the photo. Like I want you to see what I see because I feel like the chemistry is better because of that. Mm. If you know what it looks like and you know why I'm saying what I'm saying, then you, you know, are likely to trust me a little bit more, and we can get to the. Um, desired photo a little quicker that's interesting i I always thought that most people would show photos i guess some people don't yeah i think in this and um i guess for the most part in my experience the photographer like someone that's not showing the photo may be like you're like a little insecure about the photo Mm -hmm. you're taking which is fine but i don't know i don't i don't really feel that way often i should say sometimes i'm like mm, i'll show you you're, you're gonna love it when you see it or whatever. no i i think i think you have a point though it's like you you want them to f- it, 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 whether it's good or bad you want them to know what you're seeing so you're on the same page because they yeah. might not know it's not a full body shot they might not know it's only just right. a three four shot right and so they're just too worried about their feet but really their feet's not even a photo right or like your like your face isn't in it and then they're like oh, okay i don't have to smile i'm like no it's just your hands or it's just your shoes or whatever so even just like a couple of weeks ago the model was getting frustrated because i guess i wasn't giving as much direction as quickly as she mm-hmm. would like and i was like telling her to bring her knees in and she was like i don't know what that means <laughs> and i was like okay all right let me show you the camera and i showed her the camera i was like see this is what i'm trying to accomplish she's like oh okay mm. and then we nailed it and i was like thanks jeez but she was like not very forgiving and i was like respect <laughs> you have needs too i get it <laughs> yeah I, I are there like certain because when I look at when I look at your photos and at least your Instagram stuff, not your commercial work. I mean, mm-hmm. your commercial work's great as well, but your Instagram stuff because that it tends to be more personal stuff and expressive yeah. of like how you feel and what you feel like shooting. Yeah, it's always very emotive and it 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 doesn't feel like it's it's like very emotive and vulnerable and soft in a way. It's never like overexposed. It's mm-hmm. it kind of has like this smoothness to it, like mm-hmm. a flow to it. Thank you. And you kind of have like a feeling and it never feels like a stiff photo, like just like a, like a generic portrait. Is that, Mm. Mm. is that something Mm. like, that like you've like, it seems like you might not have even thought about it, but it's just like, it's just just kind of your style. Of course I've been like learning about you too. Right. So like I, I pay attention to your work and I wouldn't have you on if I didn't like your work too also. But like, uh, yeah, it's like, is there, what do you like? I'm curious. Like, what do you do like during a shoot? Do you like, are there like certain things like do you try to like connect with them or are you like i definitely connect with them in the beginning especially if we don't know each other Mm -hmm. i'll ask generic questions like what kind of music do you like or what's Mm -hmm. your favorite color or that's my favorite silly question that's like super easy to answer and it always throws people off because they're usually like super tense or whatever and i can 
I'll take like four photos and, I, and then I'm like, oh, you're very tense. Like, and I'll say, what's your favorite color? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, that's silly, like yellow. And I'm like, oh, okay, mine's purple, blah, 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 you know? So I definitely like connect with them. I think that's very important. But to the posing thing, it's always a collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'm never like elbow here, chin there, wrist there, unless those things really need to be adjusted. But for the most part, it's my, I think my, my favorite photos is something the model has already done. And then I'll just ask you to repeat it. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. In, instead of building a pose, it's like, I'll just be shooting, shooting, shooting. And then I'll pay attention to the quirky things that you do or your habits. And then I'm like, okay, you did this. Let's do this again. But look at me this time. And then you get it and i'm like okay that might be my favorite one dude that's so true because i was literally doing a shoot last night and it was probably the first time i've done like a studio style shoot in forever like because mm. it's just now too cold i can't do mm. it and we didn't have an option of shooting during the day which completely sucks mm. um and yeah you're right like whenever i tried to force a pose yeah. it, it, it was too forced but whenever you would catch them kind of just being themselves you could be like yo stop can you just mm-hmm. like go back and do that mm-hmm. and i asked that because Someone who really kind of changed my mind on that was Kate Warren. Mm. And I don't know if, I, I think you actually know Kate Warren, don't you? Uh, I've never met her, but I, I know who she, like, I know of her. Yeah, so I had her on the podcast, like, last year, like, early. Like, I was not ready for that interview. I'm not going to lie. I can't even <laughs> front. That podcast was so bad. Dude, she is, she's a hard-ass dude. She called me out for not doing re- my research on the podcast. Oh, wow. And, like, she, like I'm not going to lie. I kind of got upset on her podcast. Like, she was, wow. she, she, was, she was on her, like, fuck cis white male shit out there in that podcast. I'm not going to lie. Like, that, even people in the comments roasted her on my YouTube channel, too. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of happy about that. Right? Oh, but, but I will never forget this. I learned, I did learn a lot from her. Um, after after uh at that time for my youtube thumbnails i would put us together on the thumbnail now it's just you right because mm. i don't want to have to be on be in all time mm-hmm. and in just that little moment that little moment like her experience shined through where she had to take my photo on the backdrop and it was just like a simple strobe and i, had, I just used like a, a beauty dish because it was just on there mm-hmm. on like a white backdrop you know mm-hmm. But she had like these crazy like small techniques that made me so open. Like and it was so fast. She was like she was like, relax your shoulders, relax your jaw, like like just like wiggle it out. And then she was like, just like, yeah, like and it made me like I was like, damn, I was like, that was a pro move right there. Like, I, I feel like I just got like 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 mind fuck. I was like that, like that was a pro move. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I stole that from her too. Like now I kind of use a lot of what yeah. I learned in that little session. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious, like when I was asking you like how you kind of got what you got, I was like, I was like, oh, like, but like you kind of said it, but I was like, are there these like little tips that you kind of learned over time that hundred percent that yeah. like you, like, you know, like, Ooh, like if I just kind of be yeah. funny, it'll loosen them up or something. Yeah. And you show them you're vulnerable or you're nervous too, or mm-hmm. you, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like it works. Cause they're like, you always gotta remember they're human mm-hmm. and they are, they are your subject or your muse, but they are human. And you know, there's uh pros and cons that come with that <laughs> yeah it's like you gotta let them rock like be themselves and work with it sometimes from my experience that's when you get the best photo yeah you let them let you know maybe you pick this location or you pick the spot or you pick the energy and then let them flow you know that's why contact sheets are a thing because you take a hundred photos and then there's one mm. you know that's that's why that exists it's always one of the first few ones too isn't it at least for me. Uh, mine is usually like around like 
like 40%. When we're like 40% yeah. way through, that's when I start to get them. 40 like to 60. Ah. The beginning and the end, you know, every now and then the end is like banger. Oh, God, that was great. Mm-hmm. But usually like in the middle, it's like when the heat is really cooking. Like mm-hmm. I call it, there's the preheating process where we're shaking off the cobwebs. We're just getting comfortable, preheating the oven. And then we start cooking. Then we get to like 40, 50, 60%. And then that's when most of the like, good stuff happens and then it kind of tapers off is that what happened with your uh your 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 dancing shoe at the at the reach because that shoe i'm not gonna lie that shoe was beautiful i love the, those thank photos you, were you. like like i was like fuck i was like i was like he's stunning on me right now like my like, <laughs> first time in a long time i was like damn i'm just stunning on me so hard right now thanks man what was um, your approach can you talk about that shoot a lot yeah so last year or maybe it was two years ago yeah it was definitely two years ago the um Jacob the Jonas, Jacob Jonas, he came to DC to the Kennedy Center and like brought like a bunch of dancers from New York and like all over. Like just, I was super excited to be invited, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I got a good shot, and I got a couple of good shots. But I guess they really liked them. Mm-hmm. So when they came back this time, I was in like a creative rut of sorts, or I was just I was shooting and I was creating and like. It just wasn't photos that I was in love with. And so I really needed something like that. And when he came, he like he emailed me like the, it was like Tuesday night and he's like we're going to be there Thursday at noon. Can you come? And I was like <laughs> like what? Like sure. So uh I pulled up and it was the same thing like first 20 minutes were a wash and mm-hmm. my photos were horrible and I was panicking inside. And then something told me, like, protect the highlights and relax. Mm. That's all. Like, that's just protect the highlights and relax. Because you're right on the water there, too. It's some really strong highlights. Well, it was just, it was also, like, noon. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, the light was just, it was, it, it was what it was. So, I just kind of sped up the shutter a little bit. And I was like, I'm just going to do my, just, like, let it flow. And um, shout out to Hope. Hope was she was killing it. i was just a witness mm-hmm. hope was killing it and she was a dancer she was the dancer and um when i started working with her is mm-hmm. when i felt like i felt the flow and i was like okay here we go and she would do stuff and i would just tweak it a little bit and she would do it again and she was such a good sport and such a good spirit and just great energy and we were really vibing with her with each other and then i started to see the space for like opportunities and for what uh, it was. Like, like it settled in a little bit? It settled in and I was like, okay, now I can see the opportunities. I can see the photos. And I started to see the photos before they were happening. And then the sun started to go down. And I was just like, in my freaking flow. Do you see, I thought those were shot at sunset because I, they all those photos looked like, it was like the perfect yeah. lighting. It started at like, like noonish, two-ish or something. We were out there for a while because yeah. we were outside and then we were inside and then we were outside and then we were inside. Like we were all over the campus and it was great to just have free reign of uh, the reach. Um, so we were there for a while. But you, but you hit that flow state essentially. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was great. I don't really know like, I don't know like what to say about the approach. It was just, you just you, yeah, you got there and you had to go with it. What well, I it mean, was, the the reach is 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 
uh, architecturally beautiful, but yeah. we it, it's so new that we haven't seen the best shots yet. Like we haven't yeah. seen a photographer. I mean, essentially before that set, like really use the reach to its maximum. Like yeah. you know, really use how it was shaped. And I, yeah, I don't even know that I did all that, but I was having a great time and it felt good. And I just kept going and going and going, and it really um, that set the tone for the rest of my year. <laughs> That was the beginning of the year? No, that was the beginning of the rest of my year. Oh, like, like, I was, like that got you I was out. not in a very good creative space until mm. that day. Oh, damn. When I did, when we shot those photos that day, like everything changed. Like I was like on a, on a roll after that. And I was like, okay. Like you just knew you're like, this is, this is like, like these, refreshing. Like or? These are dope. And I, and I know when I'm happy, when I go straight home and edit right away. Ooh, yeah. If I go straight to my computer and sit down and edit right away, I know like, okay, I've done something. And I just kind of carried that momentum through the rest of the year and it's worked. Dang, really well. dude, that's amazing. Yeah, those those are fucking great, man. I loved them. That was, yeah, I loved them too. Working with dancers is is like kind of cheating too. Like working yeah. with because well, it, it made it a lot easier. Like yeah. I, don't, I there's no I couldn't go back to the Kennedy Center without those without Hope and Jacob and Jill and do anything like that again. I couldn't. I need you know it's collaboration. It's not just me. That's true. It took and two to tango on that one for sure. Absolutely. And I also had. Um, I had been working on a new editing technique, like on the low, because I was mm. like, part of my creative rut was like, my photos look the same, like the colors and the color grading, everything looks the same as they've looked. I'm doing the same tone curve, the same thing over and over and over again. I, I know like, what you're I gotta, talking about. I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta, I, it should be growing, right? So I was finally able to use my, like I had developed my own presets, like from scratch, and I was finally able to like put them to good use. And so when I dropped that set, I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, here we yeah. go. So I, yeah, it was like, not only was it a, a, like a killer shoot, you were like, finally, here's like a new like color grading on everything. And I was like, Phew. here's a, like a perfect photo to use my new colors on. Because I, I, I went for like a stroll to the coffee shop and I used the photos on, uh, I used the, the presets on those photos, but they were like this puppy on the ground and like this cute couple or like this latte art. And I was like, this shit doesn't count. Like, you know, it's not like what I really wanted. So when I got the dancer photos, I was like, okay, here we go. What was the color grading on the dancer photos? Do you remember? It was just like, you know, reds and greens, like minimal blues, reds and greens, protect the highlights. Always protect the highlights. I do. I I do too. I always shoot for highlights personally. Sometimes for other, like certain clients, I'll blow it out, but it just, it kind of. Okay. Yeah. I take that back. You're right. Cause when you just start doing like health and beauty and like my salon client, I actually do blow out the highlights quite Mm -hmm. a bit. Cause you want that like bright. Yeah. (laughs) I I forget what I was talking to. It's it's like the, the overused edit for wedding photography. mm -hmm. It's just like overexposed highlights and super bright yeah. bright and airy but like that's what they like and you're paying me so you know hey this is dc it's not new york like i can't put my foot down and be like i only shoot my aesthetic like well you're gonna be the only one broke too so <laughs> you know can we talk about that have you i feel like you have a lot of like experience in an in insight to like the dc photography market um i mean like you seem to maneuver very well uh honestly bro i think i am i take friendship very seriously like i hold my ability to be a good friend to a high standard Mm. um i'm always making sure that i just like i'm being a good person and that i'm helpful to others or adding value to their process try to not make it about me um 
like when I'm at home by myself, yeah, I'm like bitching and kicking my feet. But like yeah. when I'm on set, it's like about you and about you know what we're trying to do together. And I just I truly think that has served me well. And I also made sure to just kind of like diversify my portfolio mm. and not shoot one thing. You know, there's things, there's one or two things that I'm really passionate about. But, you know, if you want to do this for a while in this market in particular, you're going to have to be able to shoot different stuff. So that's very true. I mean, how, it's kind of an obscure question, but mm -hmm. how do you maintain relationships so well? Because I imagine you have a lot of clients. How do you how do you actively make people feel loved? Like, because I feel like it's so hard as a, a freelance photographer as well. You're you have so many goddamn people you deal with in a year. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Literally, when you're saying that, like, I'm think I was literally thinking of all the people I need to like hit up and be like, hey, hope you're doing well. Like, but like, See, I just like, don't. Yeah, that's one way to do it. But I, I definitely don't do that. Like, there's a couple of clients I'm gonna send like a happy holidays card to, but like, I don't. I'm not like. That's more than I was gonna do. I'm not very like. Hey, hope you're doing well. Hey, hope all is well. Like I might say that in the beginning of the email, but I don't do it just to do it. The way I, I guess the way I do it is doing a little bit more than what they ask and mm. really being engaged mentally when you are there. That serves me well. So like today when I was filming, the client said, uh, you know, we were almost done and he was talking about the flow of the video and should it go chronological or should it not? And he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, you tell me. And I said, well, you're using this video for your trade show, mm -hmm. which means there's going to be a lot of people coming to your booth, which means it might be in your best interest to have the video go chronological so that you could speak to the video at any point of which the video, like, so if you're, referring to the video and you're 15 seconds in, you're going to know exactly what comes next because it is chronological. Oh, I see. I so see. when he was like, oh, that's a really good point. And so that's an example of being engaged mentally and doing a little bit more than what they're asking of you. Yeah, because you could have easily been like, I don't give a shit. Here's your video. Right. You know, and, and he'd have like been like, okay, like he probably just been like, fine. You, but if like, okay, cool. But you, you gave him the extra time in your mind and he was just like so much more grateful. Yeah, and I, you know, I never really thought that that was me doing anything different, but I just consider it's like I'm really, I'm trying hard. Like I'm not just here to take up space. Like I'm trying mm -hmm. hard <laughs> to, to, you know, do a good job. And my work means a lot to me, and the value that I'm able to add, like, means a lot to me. So I'm gonna do whatever's in my power to like see it through. You I know? mean, but that says a lot, like people get that like people know that you're trying hard like so many people do things mm -hmm. and i see it all the time and they just do it just to get it done they don't go the extra yeah. mile or this or take care of you it's like it's just here it is and whatever yeah yeah they do they do a lot of people do that and um i mean i'm sure it works for some people but i just i don't know um i care a lot i uh very adaptable and um speaking of young i've heard you care so much that you actually like canceled and turned down gigs because it doesn't like help you with like your growth and stuff like that i'm kind of mm. quoting someone verbatim <clears throat> rob but uh who rob my, my source is <clears throat> i don't know who rob is. okay i asked i <laughs> j rob visuals oh justin justin oh, fuck yeah. i call him rob sorry yeah <laughs> um, i was like i was like what should i ask julian and he was like he was like Ask him about how he cares about like growth more than clients and like yeah. getting stuff. Can you speak on that? 
Um, yeah, I think like for the most part, you have to be in a position to turn stuff down. Facts. You, you have to have you have to have put yourself in a position to say no. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I'm not. I don't want to call it a luxury, but that is a position that you have to earn. Yeah, big know? facts. So that's the like the major key of it. But yeah, I just try to I try to think about things before they happen. Mm-hmm. So like, you know. I've I've started conversations in the dojo or at the at the um, coffee shop or at the barber shop because a lot of people seem to be all about money, which is cool. But like, would you follow Trump around for four years if they're gonna pay you a hundred grand or if they're gonna pay you whatever? Like, would you would you do that if you don't believe in that energy? Would you do it? You know? Oh, like like if you hated him, but you're gonna get paid a lot. Yeah, it's like so. I try to put myself in those positions before the opportunity ever presents itself so that I'm not mm. caught off guard. You know, I, I try to, um, and, um, I, you know, try to keep in mind like legacy and like, you know, this is more than earning a buck to me personally. This is more than earning a buck. This is more than getting by. This is more than getting it done. It's like, what are we really doing here? And if one day, I look back on my journey and it's like, man, I wish I didn't take that gig because that person was a jackass. And it's like, you took the gig, it's on you. You really feel like your work's like meaningful and impactful, like in the long run? It's getting there. It's definitely getting there. There's some things that I'm working on that I haven't really published yet. Some personal projects, mm-hmm. some some of my life's work, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely getting there. Yeah, no, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, no, I, I feel that. I feel like... Amongst all of this, there, there has to be some shooting for you, like oh, your yeah. expression as an artist, which is like your life's work. And essentially like that people don't define you by your commercial gig, unless, of course, it's really fucking epic. But for the most part, they define you by like what you poured yourself into and what yeah. you created for yourself sometimes. Well, I think I think you could. I think well, a lot of successful photographers say your personal work will earn you those big gigs a lot faster than your portfolio will. I think that's a fact. So if you want to shoot for Mercedes, you might have to go photograph a random Mercedes a few times yeah. and then put it in your portfolio and hope they see it. You Sounds know? like a good strategy. Versus like thinking that you're just going to make it off of whatever, you know? So the personal work is kind of, no, it's, I, like, it's like what I really yeah. shoot, what I really want to shoot, what I really care about, the message I'm really trying to get out there. Um, I do it on my own time. What are you really trying to get out there? What's the message trying to get out? Right now, it's a lot about healing. It's a lot about uh, consciousness um, and self-expression and getting back to like loving ourselves because I feel mm-hmm. like everyone is just... The collective right now just seems very uptight and um, there's many contributors to that. One is like social media and we have a computer in our pockets and you know that's a lot of it, but... I just think it's time to get back to understanding and accepting how powerful each and one, each and every one of us really truly are and how we're all connected. And it's, it's, this is your shot, but it's not all about you, you know? Mm. So how do we get back to like loving ourselves and to connecting? Um, well, I think it starts with healing and consciousness and raising your awareness of your consciousness and allowing it to guide you, listening to your intuition. Can we start with healing? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean healing? Like, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I mean, whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever you're carrying on your shoulders, whatever you're uh, distracted by, whatever, mm. you know, like all, your ego, like all that stuff. 
because as an artist, you, your ego is it's, it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> whether, whether people want to admit it or not, it's huge. So all that stuff. That's like, how do you think someone expands their con- their consciousness though? Oh man, that's a good question. There's so many ways to do it. You can expand it by just looking inward. You could expand it by um, just being present, like slowing down and just being present. You don't have to like meditate. You could, you could meditate, you could yoga, you could, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it just starts with like, just like looking inward and giving yourself a chance to check in with yourself and like, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Not what do you want the world to see? How are you really doing? What's, what's still bothering you that you've been compartmentalizing for the past two years or 20 years or, you know, stuff like that. Have you ever done mushrooms? Yeah. Nah, I can yeah. tell you done fuck one. You done DMT? No. Oh, I haven't either. I'd be down though. I would be down too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. I haven't done mushrooms in a solid minute and like I really wanted to do it this season. Like I was like mentally so prepared for it because I just, I feel like I need it. Like I feel like I needed it. You ever had a bad trip? I haven't done enough to have a bad trip. Okay. Well, but I mean, I, I wish I had that luxury of having a bad trip because it's not a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> scares the shit out of you. But yeah, I've Do, done it a few times. Really? Mm-hmm. How much do you normally take? Uh, it depends, man. It depends on what I'm. I've gone anywhere from four and a half to like half a gram. So that, you, you've, you've you've done the hero's journey. Uh, something like that. You know what it is? What? The hero's journey is. I think it's like four or five grams uh-huh. i was listening to the Jogan podcast he had like this mushroom expert and he was like he was like the hero's journey is like five grams like if you want like a full experience trip it's five grams i think you can just you could do three yeah i know <laughs> you could do three and that's half, why they call like, it the hero's journey because yeah, that's like, like your face is gonna melt you're off. like you're like ready for war at that point you're like let's go subconscious yeah yeah you're you yeah and uh that subconscious is way more powerful than people give it credit that's why i was talking about you know raising awareness to it but mm-hmm. um yeah, your face will melt off if you eat five grams of mushrooms. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, like I, I think I, I think there's something else else there, like all drugs aside too. It's like you can still do it without drugs, and you can still yeah, and yeah. you and you can still expand your consciousness and become more like I think self aware mm-hmm. and just aware of yourself and how you impact people and how you interact with people and like yeah. thinking of yourself out of yourself. I feel like it's so powerful. Like like, do you ever look at yourself in third person? Like I think that's very powerful mm-hmm. if if you can visualize yourself not in that moment i don't know something yeah yeah for sure and i I agree you don't need um you don't need help yeah you know you can just if you if you give yourself a minute or an hour or two hours and just like you know lower your vibration and really look inward you can raise it you can you can become more self-aware for sure it may take practice like multiple sessions but you'll get there how do you become self-aware more self-aware um i think it's like by paying attention Mm. just really paying attention my morning routine has changed a lot this year i used to just wake up coffee computer just go straight to it now i'm like wake up make the bed open the windows sunlight ooh, water take care of my plants pruning watering um it's a nice ritual yeah and then i get on the floor do a neck to calf head to toe stretch from well my neck to my calves stretch and then i'll go get coffee and then I'll, then I'll sit at the computer. So it's like my first 20, 30 minutes are for me. It's just about like, it's just me coming up to speed and then I'm ready to go. Ready I, do, to. I do the make the bed part, but everything else, you, I don't do that. But I respect yeah. the hell out of that. That seems very like when you wake up, you're just kind of like charging in a way. Yeah. And so you kind of just like relax. Yeah. Cause you went, you went, you started at like, 
you're not at zero, but you're at like two miles an hour. Mm. And then when you wake up and you go straight to coffee, you shoot to 50 miles an hour. That's true. And then you sit down at this bright computer screen and you go to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And like, I don't just, I don't think that's like the natural wave that we, it was intended for us. So I try to just like, you know, gradually get there. Mm. Still get there. I'm still going to respond to your email by 9 a.m., but I just wake up a little earlier and, you know. What time do you wake up? 7.30. Same. It depends. Seven. I'm like a staunch 7 a.m. guy. Yeah. I mean, it all depends, though. Like, I really don't um, hold myself to standard anymore. It's all, like, every day is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know I don't have any emails to answer or photos to edit or photos to shoot, or I, fuck it, I'll lay there till 9. But the thing know, about like, what we do is there's always something to do. There's always something to do. There's, you really, I I feel like there's, I feel like there's never a time where I don't have something I could be doing that's productive, which is also like a bad thing. So then, but that sounds like a result of whether you are content or not, not, not really. There's something to do. Mm. It's just, are you content with where you are right now? Did you put in the work to be, to feel content? Whatever. And that's relative to each and every one of us. So if you feel content, then there's probably not something that you feel like you need to do. Because I'm not content. And that's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. At, oh, least yeah. you're, at least you're aware that you're not content. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm aware I'm not content because I want something more than what I have now. That's you know? great. And, and I know I won't and, get it by fucking sleeping till 10. And there's, there's like chapters of that. Mm. There's chapters of the grind. There's chapters of the healing. There's chapters of um, the inspiration. Chapters of learning. And, you know, I, and I, I've learned to respect those chapters for what they are. Like right now, I'm in a flow. I should just shoot as much as I can. Mm. Right now, okay, maybe I'm a little burnt out. It's time to learn some new techniques, learn some new lighting, some editing. Um, Maybe it's not learning. Maybe it's like time to soak up inspiration and fill up my idea book by Mm. watching movies and documentaries and music and being around new people and putting myself in new uh, experiences. You know, there's different waves and um, grinding is certainly one of those waves. So... I feel that. I think the morning ritual is really interesting. I, 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 I hear from a lot of productive people that the morning ritual is like a very key part of their day. Yeah. Like I was saying, I learned that over the time, over the, over this year, at the beginning of the year, I was definitely not doing the first half. Like it wasn't until the fourth quarter that I was like really prioritizing my morning routine. Mm. And it was like you said, like I learned it from other artists and they were saying, this is what really works for me. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, it's working. my morning ritual is fucked. I wake up, I like look at my Hinge account and I go and I make coffee. What's Hinge? It's like a dating app. Okay. A bunch of Jewish girls on there for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Fair. Um, I make coffee and I'll play like one or two video games and then I'll get to work. My yeah. excuse is that the video games are my ritual because it like activates my brain. Mm. But in reality, I know it's, it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah. So um, I would agree. But those are, <laughs> those are your words, but I would agree. Um, and... I'm only human. Yeah. There's like however long, let's say the video games take you an hour, 30 minutes, right? And if you take those, take that hour back and do whatever it is that you think you need to do, then you'd be more content. But you're distracting yourself with mm. the video games. You think it's a distraction? Yeah, it is. You don't like video games? I do like video games, okay. but I do think they're a distraction. I think 100% waste I, of time. I think they are, there's, they're like an exercise, which is cool, 
But if you are battling contentment and playing video games, then mm. that's a distraction. You see what I'm saying? I agree with 100%. Like I, I know there are distractions. And you were playing video games, and cool. You know, you, you're you good. You, you feel great about where you are. That's but, awesome. But to have both in your day is like. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't say you're content and then be like, I just spent an hour playing fucking League of Legends. And, but it's like, oh, I need, I need more this or that or wow it's like well league of legends is not helping you get there so like what are you really prioritizing right. it's it's so crazy how how we work as humans because like you could see from the outside and be like he is so fucking productive but then i'm like nah my morning shit's still fucked up like yeah, i know well, i still get a lot of shit done but that's just me admitting i'm fucking not perfect and it's yeah, it's all relative like you know whatever you think is a lot yeah is getting done is like may not be a lot to someone else or maybe you're not doing enough or you know it's all relative that's why i was saying it depends on if you are content or not. <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think though that there's a little too much of a push towards like having this like perfect morning? Because Elon Musk has the worst ritual in the world. Like, if you want to like, on what you're comparing it to. Well, I feel like people are always like comparing themselves to very productive or high functioning people at all times because that's like the model, right? Everyone wants to be mm-hmm. super productive and super high functioning. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk, probably being one of the most productive and high functioning people, I heard his morning routine. Ritual. He just like gets up, gets on his phone, makes coffee, just fucks around for a little bit, just gets on the internet, and just mm-hmm. gets his life going. It's like yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It depends on what you compare it to. If that's mm. you know, if it works for him, then it works for him. I got some homies that play way more video games than you do, and have a job that I wouldn't want, but they are totally happy. And you what you you pay attention to Gary V? Yeah, yeah, I know. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Why, I can tell. It it just. It depends, you know? It's like I can't hold my expectations for myself against someone else just like I can't hold my beliefs for myself against someone. It's all it's all relative. People get caught up in the whole you should do this, you should do that. It should be this way, it should be that way. Well, you know, that's also what our parents told us. Mm. That we should be doctors or we should be lawyers. Well, I'm a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> where was that in your like 30-year plan, you know? Dude, so what's your 2020 looking like? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 2020, mm. um, how you feeling about it? What's the vibes? I'm feeling very excited. Yeah. I think 2020 is going to be the best year yet. Um, I think it's going to look like more video and less, um, I think I'm like 80, 80% photo, 20% video. I, mm-hmm. I see that shifting to like 60, 60 photo, 40 video. Oh, wow. Which would be super cool. Do you, um, you want it to go that way? Yeah. I low-key think that photography was the introduction to the camera and that ultimately I'm going to be like a director or a filmmaker or something like that. I think you got like the swag of a filmmaker. Like you're very like <laughs> Thanks. low, chill, like soft-spoken. Like I feel like you could direct a movie. Like for, if you're like, I would trust you to direct a movie. Yeah, I just finished directing a music video, which I'm pretty stoked about. But Oh, nice. Dude, yeah. that's a sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like photography was the introduction to the camera. Like I'm always going to take photos, but... I think video, like film and movies, something mm. like that, is like where this may or may not be heading. But not in twenty twenty. But you're projecting but. that right now, so it might happen. You know, like if if like you oh. kind of have that inkling, and it'll happen. Like if you kind of project that yeah, onto manifest your, it. Yeah, you're manifesting essentially. Yeah. It's like yeah, I, no, I, I'm. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna make a movie one day, um, but maybe not twenty twenty. Do you actually like editing? Um. Yeah. I like editing. You mean photo or video? I guess video. Yeah, I like editing video. It's it's very uh, it, it could be tedious. It's like, so fucking tedious. Like when you have a music video and there's, there's different locations and different colors. Like 
the white balance is exactly the same, but this frame is super yellow and this frame is kind of green and like you have to kind of meet in the middle. Um, I like it, but it's it's just unfamiliar for me right now. I'm I haven't spent as many hours on it as I have Lightroom, so it's just unfamiliar. So mm. naturally, with that, you're gonna experience some friction. But I like it a lot. I do mm. a lot, and you know, it's more storytelling and that is true. It's more of a complete. Mm-hmm. It's just multiple photos sewn together. Yeah, like thousands, literally twenty four frames per second or one hundred and twenty frames per second. I mean, that's that's where all the sauce is right there in the 120 FPS, bro. Yeah, it's cool. You could overdo it, but it's cool. I feel like the internet went 120 crazy there for a while, and I'm glad it's kind of dying down. It went way too 4K crazy for me. I was oh. like, I was like, yo, you 4K YouTubers need to chill the fuck out because I do not care. I watch, I'm watching this show on oh, 480p man. right now. I'm, I don't know, man. The more pixels, the better. Oh, no. <laughs> the more pixels, You're on that the train? The more pixels, yeah. the better? Yeah. I mean, I like Super 8, but it's, you know... I'm I love both, but mm. the pixels like when you watch like a like an MKBHD video mm-hmm. on an iMac, it's so crispy. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's yeah, so crispy. I mean, that guy is at the forefront of it. He, I'm pretty sure he's shooting like 6K video he's and shooting, like he's shooting 8K. See, like what? Yeah. Why? Like okay, we we need people like that, but for me, why? Like why? He's a tech dude. If it's out there, he's gonna explore it. He's gonna use it. He's gonna try it and. And it, cool. and I'm so glad he does, but I could never get into that. Like, if I had to sit for five hours to render on a 4K video, I think I'd kill myself. How are we doing well, on time, by the way? You're, oh, we're good. He also has like a kick-ass computer who renders 8K video, and you know, it's not like he's editing on a MacBook. Yeah, he's also rich as fuck. He is kind of rich. I mean, let's be honest. That guy is. I mean, he's been th- he's been in the game for ten years. It's been ten years. Ten years. You know, YouTube came out in 2006. Yeah, he started uploading in 2009. That is insane. Yeah, I, dude, I just hit 10 million subscribers today. Oh, congrats, man! Yo, shout out to, uh, MKHB, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he's he's doing it. <laughs> you know what's so funny is I I vividly remember being a young ass dude in my mom's basement on the shit internet, mm-hmm. watching his YouTube videos where he was just like the scrawniest nerdy yeah. kid in his college dorm. Yeah, just like and this is the iPhone yep. one, nee, nee, nee. and and I was just like ah oh, fuck this guy, but I think I was kind of interested. And now look at him. He interviewed Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Tim Cook, Tim Cook, like. Yeah, I mean, this guy has mm. some dedication, man. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's the he's on the frontier. Yeah, he's doing it. Damn, I'm with it. People like him really give me inspiration. It's like, really? Yeah, hell yeah. Like, not to be a tech YouTuber, mm-hmm. but like this whole camera, internet lifestyle, like it's a thing, and you could do, you could pour into your camera and add value to other people's lives and drive a Tesla. Like, you can do that. You can have an apartment in New York and a studio in Jersey mm, like and that. drive a Tesla. Like, it's possible. You got to go for it. But, like, it's possible. So that's, I mean, yeah, in a that's way, what a I, camera. That's yeah. what I think when I see him, you know? Because he was a dude with the camera yeah. delivering what he loved. And it became all of this. <laughs> and then he's, like, Elon Musk and Tim Cook. And, like, you know what I mean? But also, you got to respect the time he's put in. Yeah, you got to respect the fact yeah. that this man never gave up yeah. over ten years. Like, yeah, and he's still that dude. And that's what loving it does for you. Right there, that's what loving it does for you. Because if you're in it for a hundred likes, you're in it for the the followers. Like, that's you know that's going to get you to a certain point. But I don't think it's going to get you to ten years. 
Like, no, that's not. You cannot get... fake ten years of dedication. Nah, you can't. You can't. I, I don't care how old or how. I don't care what kid is out there saying they want to be YouTube right now. You cannot fake even five years of dedication just mm-hmm. chasing YouTube fame. Like mm-hmm. you can't. You can't fake. Mm-hmm. You can't fake loving that's, photography for multiple years. That's not going to carry you through those tough times because those tough times are coming. <sighs> no matter how good of a person, how matter, how, no matter how hard you work. Those hard times are coming, and <laughs> you're gonna have to push through. So, well, it seems like you're pretty far past them, though. Oh, man, last year, all your problems now are first world problems. For last year, dude, I like I was um, working on this product photography shot list, and I thought it was gonna kill me, but I got through it, and I was like, Whew, "Okay, if I can do that, I can do a lot." <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, but, I, big projects like that, man, it just kill you, man. But nah, man, I still struggle all the time, like uh-huh. all the time. Yeah, dude. All the time. Mentally, mostly mentally. <laughs> um, it never gets any easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Mm. Never gets any easier. Yeah, right? It's, it's so interesting. We, we will always struggle mentally, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I will never, I will, it just, whenever I hear shit like that, it, it'll just for always ring in my mind, Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Like, mm-hmm. he had the best life, mm-hmm. and he still killed himself. That just says how powerful your mental awareness and self-awareness is, and mm-hmm. just checking in on that mm-hmm. you know and, and it's also reminds you of how relative it is because like yeah it's amazing life but you have no idea what that guy was going through i know you have no idea when he's at home by himself some real demons in there yeah dude yeah to actually execute it you know it's one thing to, to think about to it, actually but do, to it. do it it's real like, demon shit it's like, like whoa like damn there was a lot going on there. Like I, I couldn't like fake suicide. Like I couldn't take like a fake suicide. For, like I, I, there, like I couldn't even begin to fake it. You know, like if I was just like, oh, let's just joke around. Like, I couldn't even like do that. I'd be like, no, nah, I just can't. No, but no. to go and like, like my mind can't even like. He he hung, <laughs> he hung himself, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he hung himself in the hotel room. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, but we probably shouldn't talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. It's depressing. I mean, it's real though. It is real. It's super real. And it's that's, super real. It's the world. Unfortunately. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But no, but I I love I love that that point you made about MKHP. It's the fact that a camera can actually take you places. And I think that's yeah. I think that's so powerful because I could never have foreseen everything I've done two years ago mm-hmm. when I was living in my mom's basement, mm-hmm. quitting my job to pursue photography. I would never have envisioned any of the opportunities, even sitting in here doing a podcast. Like I just you never know where the shit will take you, but you just know mm-hmm. you love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of keep going and mm-hmm. keep going. And, you know, it's never like a straight line. You might go over here. You might go over there. You might go over there. And then, you know, but overall, it's like this kind of trajectory that leads you. But if you don't love it, you'll hop off the train at the earliest convenience, you know? I like this. I feel like we should end on this note. Yeah. I like this. Okay. That's just something I want to talk about. There's something I want to talk about. Mm. It's, it's completely obscure, but it's been on my mind. I really want to talk about it. You ever heard of Piss Christ? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Someone sent me this. So Piss Christ. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a name. Do you know, this is, a, this is actually, yeah, right? It's a, it's a really important moment in photography and art history in general. Okay. So Piss Christ was a photo by an artist named uh, Andres Serrano. And it was in like 1968, 78, some shit like that. But way before we were born. Like mm-hmm. maybe like 20 years before we were born. And Piss Christ was a photo of <laughs> i just can't take this name serious but okay. no, no it, was a, it was a picture of a photo of, of a christ on the cross uh-huh. in his in, a, in a, like a, a bottle of his own piss and he took a photo of of that uh-huh. like that was the photo was was okay. christ in piss and the name uh-huh. of the piece was piss christ okay 
And this guy actually toured across across the world and he was government funded too. Like no one had any wow. pre- Yeah. <laughs> like this is when government, what government was funding him. Uh, it was American government. It, he was like getting kid like grants and stuff to like go on tour with his art and stuff like that, right? Whew, okay. And so never had any problems. He never had one problem. Then the show toured everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Until he came to Virginia. Mm. And when he came to Virginia, a pastor saw Piss Christ in outrage everywhere. And that sparked a nationwide battle on art is should art be censored? The pastor was so pissed off. He he didn't he did not want this image to exist. And mm. and and literally that at that moment in time, like this photo of Jesus Christ in pissed in, in pissed was essentially the question is should we should we censor art like should this be allowed to be seen to people like that this and, and it seems so I silly mean, to that's us a silly question but, but this was a legitimate debate in the public media well and like this I was mean, a, that's fair that they're debating it but i just i still think that's a silly question no, but this got to the to the to the government like 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 legislative level like mm-hmm. should we censor this shit and it came down to that essential question is should we censor art and so what ended up happening was you know after all the outrage and all the debates and stuff they ended up just concluding that then passing some bills about like government act about funding certain artworks and stuff yeah, that doesn't that's align. That's the question. <laughs> yeah, like, like like why was the government funding that, why that are you exhibition? Funding it? Like you can choose to fund it or not, you know. But well, I think it was like an arts program, and they didn't they probably weren't aware of how offensive it might be. I don't buy that. You're not a. This is America, and we're talking about Christianity. You weren't aware how offensive it might be. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Especially back then, right? I feel like Anytime. back then it might have been a lot. When, when was this? I think it was like the '60s or '70s. <sighs> they knew. Somebody knew. You think they so, knew? You know how many people had to write off on that decision to fund something when they're start, we're, Again, this is America, and we're talking about money and Christianity. Like the two things that run everything. This is America. <laughs> Somebody knew, like, oh, this is probably not a good idea. But I guess they just got hushed and it progressed. And then someone finally said something, and they were everybody was like, oh no, this is terrible. But in a way, the photo actually, the photo was really nice. It was like actually a really nice shot. Like I'm not, I can't mm-hmm. front. Like I want, I wish it was bad, but it was actually a really nice shot. <laughs> like you wouldn't know it was like it was Jesus sitting in piss if you didn't yeah. know the name of piss Christ. Are there any iconic photos that stick out in your mind? Ooh. Like stuff that you just can't forget. Mm-hmm. Like I can share one while you think about that. Sure, yeah. Uh, it won a Pulitzer, <clears throat> and it's of the vulture looking at the little boy. Mm. You ever see that photo? Mm-mm. Okay. In the museum, they have a Pulitzer room of all the Pulitzer winning photos, and there's a photo, and that brought up a lot of controversy. And I, I saw this shit in like high school. It was a high school tour. This photo fucked me up. Mm. And it's a famished little boy, like freakishly famished like pretty much asian sitting like on his on his feet and mm-hmm. kind of like hugging his legs and he's like in the desert somewhere and there's a vulture literally like the mm-hmm. size like bigger than the boy like mm-hmm. 10 feet behind him conceptual no no this was a real photo this was like a doc this wasn't like yeah but i mean it's the concept that speaks to people that yeah the vulture is going to eat this famished little boy and and the question was you know and, and when you see this photo you cannot help but be like whoa mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. did the photographer step in like it won like you wonder like should he step in? And, the, and ultimately the photographer didn't. Mm. And, and, and that was like another question of like, as a documentary journalism photographer, should we ethically, morally, and, and I think no, if you're there to document, you shouldn't be playing mm. Superman. Mm. But I'll just never forget that that photo really messed me yeah. up. Yeah, I just, I just hesitate for the whole like, we should, we should, we should. It's like, there's so much relativity in this world. Mm. And so, to, sell, to tell someone they should or should not is like, 
uh, it's a touchy, touchy s- situation. You know, mm. it's it's not as black and white as I think a lot of people want it to be. It's just not. But um, yeah, I think like the Muhammad Ali photos, iconic when he was like this over Joe Frazier. Um, there's a bunch, but I mean, there's not one that like comes to mind that's yeah. like super crazy or you know it's it's like it's it's a it's a document of the times you know yeah dude no worries it's just because of the whole piss christ thing like it made me yeah, think that's, about what photos that's were- crazy i can't believe i mean i believe it but like i don't think we should censor art art is expression art is literally like art is going to save the world so if you start to censor it you are diminishing its potential to save the world. And that's definitely not what we want to do, I don't think. But what if the art is really offensive? Like, what if it's just not, what if it's Dude, just the completely... The swastika is offensive. The The rebel flag is, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of already super offensive creations out there that exist that, that you know, they live. And it's like, it may get you worked up right mm-hmm. now, and then you move on, and life goes on, and then... You know, like the swastika was art. It's a logo. At some point. It, and people still get it tattooed on them. They still have it. They still represent it. That's wild, dude. And, you know, but to censor that, to take that away from them, that means you also have the power to take away my portrait. Mm. You have the power to take away a landscape. You know, it's like, such a it's not black and white it's like you can't just lay a blanket over it and be like all of this Uh, it's not it's not how it goes it's expression self-expression i agree man art should never be censored there's shit that i see that i'm like that should not exist but for that reason it should exist Mm -hmm. and it's like maybe you at 12 can't handle it but maybe at 28 you can Mm -hmm. so if you consume that art at 28 and it does something for you, you see what I'm saying? It's all relative. What'd you think of the $150,000 banana? Um, I truly think that the universe has a sense of humor and that they're just kind of like laughing. Like that's like, that's the, like that's us laughing at ourselves. Um, I thought it was the most ironic thing in the world. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I don't really watch like, and you want a ton of news, but it did make its way to my feed. And I was like, oh, there's this banana that's everyone's talking about. And it's just like, that's how silly we all are at this point. You're, you're, you're so tapped in. You know, you know the name of that piece was? Mm. The comedian. See, and see, I didn't even need to know. Yeah, isn't that funny? I didn't even need to know. And I'm just like, that, this is silly. That's how silly it is. We're just kind of like, you know what I mean? That's how I feel about that banana. You were side on with that one. Yeah, yeah. It's a great segue. All right, Julian. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. It's been cool chatting with you, dude. We've been for like an hour and a half. I don't know if you... I didn't even feel it. I felt like right? I sat down like 20 minutes. I could talk to you for like another hour, but my fucking friend's about to roll up here and yeah, stuff. And I, have so. a, I have a thing at 6.30, so... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you for coming on. Guys, hope you enjoyed. That's it. That's the angle. Peace out. <laughs> Piss Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Piss Christ.